everybody. Hi, hello, wow. welcome to Ferguson Harrington Hawks. If you've never seen this show before, well done. If you <laughs> have seen this show, you'll know that I am Ferguson. I'm Harrington. And I'm Hawks. Yeah. And we're here at the Edinburgh Fringe live, which we're also recording this as a podcast. Now, if you're worried, dear audience, that there's not many of you, I just want you to know that in our podcast, we've claimed for the past three series only to have one listener. And it's my mum. So we've already overachieving. Like you guys, I don't know, what's the multiplication of one? How many people are in? I have to say, though, guys, they're a lot closer than they were yesterday. Yeah, you're a lot closer. I'm a bit scared, actually. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to come up and who wants to come and take my place? No, well, this is Neil's first uh, Edinburgh Fringe, but it's also um, the first time, well, yesterday was the first time you'd been in front of people talking, isn't it? Yeah. How do you How, feel now yeah. after Did that? Did you sleep last night? Yeah, it was good. I mean, I actually had to come to terms with sharing a stage with you two. Yeah. And the fact that we... See, I think you might have a bit of drama on. You know why? A bit. <laughs> Do you know what happened before the show? I shouldn't tell you this, but I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Fuck off! He locked himself in the stairwell <laughs> for 20 minutes. I mean, that is an achievement, <laughs> right? Well, when he came in, he was, like, dripping with sweat. And yeah. like, taking his clothes off uh, and spinning them anyway. around. And... and then, no, I know, but he's, yeah, a, come. Oh, he's a very hairy man. Right? He's, He's very... A, very anyway, anyway, moving on. <laughs> Fuck it. No, let's talk more about your hair. Uh, so he was going to go through the museum and uh, go to the hand dryers and let it dry. And, but he's so hairy, we were like, you can't. It'll be like an exhibition. Not Neanderthal the man. <laughs> anyway, what we should be doing is we should be bringing on a guest, do you think? Uh, yeah, Introducing I guess we could, her, we could explain a little bit. To, oh, should we explain a little bit? Do, like Chesney likes... Right? You would think he's just adorable and there to throw pants at, but actually in real life, where Neil likes to get stuck in a stairwell, Chesney can be quite a structures queen, can't you? I've been very bossy recently. Yeah, he's been bossy. In our, in our podcast, haven't I? Yeah. Right, come on. So, you may wonder why I've gathered you here. <laughs> <laughs> so, this podcast, we have a lovely guest, which we will bring out in a minute, and um, we do have a fabulous guest today. We do, Really actually. amazing, yeah. And we ask our guests for a quote that means something to them, or a proverb, or something that they live their life by. And uh, then Lynn does a little bit of magic, which we'll explain a little bit later on, at some point. And we also ask them for a favourite song, um, or something that has a, they have an emotional connection to. And then I will play that song live here for you guys and for our guest. And that's basically it. That's it. And we do, t we do talk in between, don't we? We do. And Neil <laughs> will keep his shirt on and Mainly we'll Lynn. all be good. It'll all be fabulous. It'll all be safe. Should we, should we set her up? Because you've got quite a bit of information about yeah, our guest. Yeah, we've right. She's had quite a... You've given away that she's a she. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I'm not good at this, am I? No. <laughs> I'm surprised. Because I'm frightened of what might happen after the stairwell. And honestly, have you, like, I am 57 years old, right? I'm just, I know, thanks for acting, Sean. <laughs> but I am 57 years old. And in all of those 57 years, I have never known anybody to get trapped in a stairwell. Right, so our guest today. <laughs> I've never seen anyone quite so hairy. Jeez. Oh, really? Oh, no. And, and we've had dogs. <laughs> you don't get out much, do you? You really don't. You need to start getting out more. All right. Well, Ladies and gentlemen, creatures of the universe, please welcome onto the stage Maisie Adams. Groovy is in the world, actually. Grooviest human you in the are world. The grooviest That's human, right? This is the groovy shoe couch. Yes. Did you not get the memo? Well, yeah, I put on the. On? I had nice boots on yesterday, and I was like, you know, Maisie Adams, she's like a casual shoe person, but with style. <laughs> So uh, these are the closest I could okay. get. I couldn't well, do the style. I really appreciate We're dressing it, yeah. in homage to you, basically. Yeah, we That's are. That's <laughs> No, we I are. I like it. I like it. And uh, I didn't want to touch you because earlier on, we've had a bit of, uh, we have had a bit of a catastrophe this morning because I gave Maisie a cuddle. Oh, yeah. And she went, A cuddle, ah. a cuddle. Come it was on, a cuddle. Then. She went like that on my arm and I got jabs yesterday. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, ah. ah. <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't a cuddle, it was a beating. It was, a, it was a, an affectionate pain. An affectionate whooping. 
<laughs> anyway, when I plan to be groovy, if I think of a groovy person, I think of you. Maybe. I'll take that. Right. Yeah. I'll take right. that. Neil has been doing his research on you. Oh, oh yeah, right. I've been digging in your knicker drawers. Oh, no. Just, I'm wondering. Oh, no. I yeah, know, right? <laughs> I enjoyed it very much. Right, no. Um, you have. You've Possibly had an amazing... terrified. <laughs> you've had an amazing... Five years. I've just been looking at sort of what you've achieved, and yeah, yeah, no, but it's just been a great you run say up to this. this. You look like my GP. Don't let him give you jabs, right? Honestly. He's not the guy. He can't even get out of a stairwell. <laughs> you don't want him to touch you, man. Does your GP have the same wig issue as your neurologist did at fourteen? That's what oh I want to know. Yes. So this is. Um, I'm epileptic, and when I was diagnosed. Um, when I, I was about 14, and they took us to see this neurologist, and he had what I can only describe as the most obvious wig I've ever seen in my life. It was slipping down his head whilst he was diagnosing me, right? And that's and all you could see. Honestly, and at the time, the seizures presented themselves in sort of like... Um, the, the, the way my mum and dad started to notice that I might be epileptic is my eyes would roll back. And um, when this man was diagnosing me, I was like obviously looking, staring at his head. So I was looking a little bit above his eye line. And I remember him being like, are you having one now? I'm like, no, I'm looking at your head, you're a runner. <laughs> it was so bad, it was so bad. Do you still uh, get convulsions now? No, well, I'm, like, I'm still epileptic as yeah. far as I know. But you um, take the drugs? Oh, yeah, take the drugs, so that's the rock and roll oh, lifestyle, yeah, Chesney. Yeah. 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 I would take know. The drugs. <laughs> <laughs> take the drugs every day, baby. That's um, right. No, I've been, been very lucky. Like I think sort of five six years now. Um, yeah. uh, I haven't had one. It's it's um, it's the least rock and roll of all of the uh, sort of conditions you could maybe have. <laughs> just, yeah, just have, have a take a pill in the morning and you're grand. Really. My young my eldest son actually used to have convulsions when he was a baby. Really? Yeah, right up to the age of four, and it's like the scariest thing ever. Yeah. Well, I thought you were born with epilepsy. So when yeah. they when my mum and dad, as I say, it, it like it manifested itself with eye rolling so genuinely for the first sort of six months when my mum and dad clocked that I was rolling my eyes they just thought I was being rude <laughs> <laughs> they did I was like 15 oh. years old quite hormonal <laughs> and mid-conversation I'd just start doing that <laughs> so I used to like dip back into a conversation and my dad would be going can you look at me when I'm talking to you I'm like I can't tell you what you've just said I'm really sorry do you remember anything from them no you sort of like, like blank out for yeah, a little bit oh, wow. and you go can you tell me what I've just said and I'm like nope. no and he thought I was being really rude um so yeah it sort of came on during uh, my teens, and then I wrote a show about it. That was my first Edinburgh show, oh, wow. um, which was sort of about growing up and all of that, like navigating your youth, because obviously those are the years where you're trying to go out and go uh, and try and be independent with all your friends, going to festivals, get, drinking for the first time, and none of that is sort of... <laughs> How old were you then? ...harmonious with, with, with epilepsy. How old was that? Yeah, when you did your first show. Oh, when I, when I did my first show, 20... Three or twenty-four, yeah, it was twenty-eighteen when I did it. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So it, it actually, being a stand-up comic is is relatively new for you, really. Yeah, I started yeah. in twenty seventeen, Chesney, and did um, a competition that's just run by oh, the so Guild of Balloons. So you think you're yeah, funny? Yeah, we so went the other fun. night. And did you? Yeah, well, Lynn was the judge the other yeah. night. Oh, yeah. to a semi-final. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that changed everything, genuinely. It really, yeah. really did, because up until that point, I was still living up in, in Yorkshire, and there was no sort of stand-up scene yeah. where I lived. There was no open mic like nights at all. So I was going down to London on the Megabus every weekend and doing these five-minute slots, and somebody said to me, oh, you should do a newcomer competition. And so I Googled newcomer competitions, and So You Think You're Funny came up, and like the list of yeah. who'd won it before or even been in the final was just like a... It's iconic, isn't it? Oh, like <laughs> it was just sort of a who's who of all of the comedians I watched growing just up. Just so you know, though, it wasn't always stylish, because I remember... Really? Me, oh, man! No, years <laughs> ago, when it's uh, maybe the third, second or third year, I used to compare the heats, you know, like I'd host the yeah, heats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was one heat that was so bad, nobody won. Oh, no! no. <laughs> nobody, like, nobody no. won at all. And, and, and How do you do that? Oh, what do you do? Oh, How no. Does that well, sometimes people message me from that night. It was like, it's probably, it probably feels <laughs> a little bit happen? like... But it's on stage at the end, yeah. and the result of our competition... Oh, oh, God, that's like... You're all shit. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. You're all shit. So it it probably feels a little bit like... Bad news or the bad news? Oh, well, oh. right? Um, <laughs> no, what happened... What was really fascinating about it, though, was it's... And it's a little bit like now. 
it's not the disappointment that kills you, it's the hope, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is that you go, all right, that was a That's bad dark. one. That's okay. Yeah. Right? Was, that one wasn't so bad. But now I'm bringing on the blah, blah, blah. And they come to the mic and you go, oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> right. oh shit. And then I could see Karen Corden at the back going, Oh my God. <laughs> That's the main thing I remember from, from the final is that it's in this debating hall, the big room at, at, at the uh, TV at house. And it's, I think it's, it's 350 people. Yeah. It's massive. And at that point, I'd only ever done gigs in like back rooms of pubs to 10, 15 people. To so suddenly be there, it is terrifying. Meteoric rise. Like, yeah. It's so scary. And all yeah. I remember is seeing Karen Corrin's blonde hair at the yeah. back with all the judges <laughs> and just sort of I could feel the mic doing that in me <laughs> yeah, trying to like does that remind you yeah she's yeah, yeah. 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 Karen yeah. Yeah. sorry Karen I didn't mean to <laughs> point yeah. you out there yeah yeah you know though I imagine that because the thing that I think about you like as I've been seen your show which is amazing is that um can't get in, I wanted to go. Yeah, no, you're sold right. out. No, but you're doing another one though, right? You're yeah, we've just know? added an extra show. I can't believe we've sold out every day, we've sold out the whole run. Amazing. We put an extra show on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's mad. It's not, it's not easy at the fringe. It. We put an extra show on in the same room that I'm, I'm in. Yeah. That's sold out. So now we're doing an extra show in the debating hall, that big room. Yeah, oh, wow. so it feels really full circle because it's where I did so few Oh, I see. But I say it feels full circle. Might not sell any tickets. You you well, you've got, you've very, got, very old. You've got 40 <laughs> other people. Well, yeah, come down, come on down. down. You do. know what I love about your stand-up, though, uh, is that, I, and, and it's why I'm interested even in the idea that you would be nervous, is that your stand-up just is an extension of you. Like, yeah. for some people, they do stand-up and they've got, like, their jokes written down. And I know that you structure jokes and yeah. stuff like that, but it really is... The person that you are off stage is exactly the same person as you are on stage. There doesn't seem to be like a. What do you think? Oh, totally. Oh, that's like, nice. To totally, know. yeah. That's that's it. Because when I'm on stage, I'm anxious for an hour. Are <laughs> oh, you really? Whereas I feel quite relaxed off stage. Yeah. But yeah, when I'm on, I, I feel very like. How you, do, you don't relax when you're actually no. on at all. No, not at all. <laughs> no. So all the way through, you're totally anxious. I'm incredibly highly strung for the whole hour. <laughs> and I you... only relax when I've said thank you, bye bye. <laughs> Chesney's thing is he likes us to have a quote at the beginning and then we talk through the quote and the, what it means about life. And you do have a quote and it's an interesting one, I think. Yeah, it's something my, my grandpa used to say. And my grandpa was like, he's a really sweet, like, um, proper Yorkshireman. Absolutely, mate. He was like six foot six, even when he was like 92. Like a big, big man and very sort of like a patriarch of the family. Um, and uh, he, used to, he used to just come out with these little like nuggets of wisdom. Um, and something he always used to say, like I was really into drama at school. And um, if I was ever sort of having a panic about something like, or, or a bit worried about things, he'd say, um, he'd, he'd give us this quote from, it's from Hamlet by William Shakespeare. And it's, this above all to thine own self be true. And it's, it's sort of, um, I mean, I did have to sort of like break it down because I wasn't very good at Shakespeare. <laughs> I was wondering. I was, like, I, I was wondering that, yeah. yeah how yeah. you related to Shakespeare oh, yeah, yeah. at that age. I was age like, and... can you explain that one, Lawrence? <laughs> uh, but he did. Larry. And actually, like, when I sort of um, broke it down, it, it, it's very, I think it means a lot to me because it was very symbolic of like who, the, the sort of person he was. He was very like, stick to your guns, go with your gut only do things like that you back don't sort of compromise to, to try and fit into somebody else's yeah um, be you type of thing yeah exactly yeah. exactly and don't try and sort of change yourself to impress other people do do what you want to do and i think that that's definitely something which is why it means a lot when you say yeah. that my comedy is an extension of me because i want i want to be just me i'm not bothered about trying to sort of yeah. fit a mold to impress a certain type of audience or reviewer i want to do the stuff that i find funny i want to i want to i want to make the audience feel the way i feel when i watch the comedy that i love yeah. like i think i've always said that about like what my favorite comedians what i loved about it when like if you watch sort of those old victoria wood shows and it goes out into the audience you can see the audience <laughs> nudging each other you, like. you do that you <laughs> yeah. do that and that's what yeah. i love that's yeah. what i wanted to do so um yeah when you guys asked for a quote 
I don't really have a lot of mantras, but that one sticks in my head because it was something that was said to me by somebody who meant the world to me, and it really resonated, and I think I do try and still stick to it. But it means you're, you're living in, in a truthful way, because that's what, so, yeah, yeah. And, I think that, and I think that's what people relate to, is it because, because what you're saying is real, and, I think and it, so. it relates to you, so other people can relate to that. Yeah, and I think you can always tell when someone's trying to be Definitely. something they're yeah, not. You can funny, always tell, can't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah with everything, with yeah. music too. Yeah, it totally. makes everything a little bit less authentic or mm. sincere or, or meaningful, whereas if you can tell that somebody's sharing something real it's more vulnerable you. too yeah which is obviously people can kind of yeah, love, love you so. for you that. were an act you, you studied as an actress right yeah so I, I was really into drama at school and i had a really good drama teacher who took me aside and this is again sort of um truthful is the best thing she took me aside she was called mrs bray and at school i was very like creative vocational not academic at all so my favorite subjects were like drama pe uh, art, like anything Sounds where like I was me. physical, I was doing exactly stuff, so. yeah. But if you asked me to sit down and write essays, terrible. And she took me aside, because everybody was, you know, being told to apply for university. And she said, she was like, Maisie, don't do drama at uni, because it's, like, in the nicest possible way, you're not academic, and they'll have you writing these <laughs> essays, and you're dog shit at essays. <laughs> so... I was like, okay. And she told me to go, she told me instead to apply for drama schools, because yeah. it was more... Uh, practical and I'd learn acting as opposed to drama essays and sort of theory mm. and um, I went and applied for a load didn't get into any took a year off worked uh, at a shop um, went to some sort of audition master classes that again she put me in touch with she was really good and then I went to drama school got in the next year um, and always thought I wanted to do it, and I did enjoy Shakespeare as well. Again, she was a fantastic teacher because I never found it very accessible, but she taught it in a way that really made me understand and relate even to the text. And then sort of, as I went through drama school, I enjoyed it, but i tell you what I didn't like about it was the lack of control in that like you could learn all your lines you could do all the work that you expected to do you could be off book by the time <laughs> the director wanted you off book and you turn up and nobody else in the bloody cast has pulled their weight <laughs> or the director doesn't have totally. a clue or the producer's yeah. naff or the script is rubbish um there's no control and then that's i think that's why i went into stand-up because you're on your own because you're yeah. on your yeah. own you, you write yourself it you blame. say it if it goes well you get all the praise if it doesn't you can't yeah. blame anyone yeah. else it's yeah. you and your jokes yeah. that aren't working so you've got to go back and rewrite i am so with you on that <laughs> right well because i went to drama yes, school yeah, as well course, right yeah and there was a we did in the second year of drama school we did this production of Vanity Fair, yeah, right, which is like one of those ones where there's all verily, verily people and ladies with hats, yeah, and they love me for sooth or whatever. <laughs> and because I was mouthy, I got to be the uh, narrator or whatever, the yeah. presenter of the scenes, yeah. And the the costumes were they they had it was a raked stage, which meant that it was like you know a hill, yes, yeah. And they had these little rostra that they moved about that were on wheels. And oh, so, no. uh, like oh, a hill no. and wheels to work with <laughs> together, right? And meanwhile, there's a lot of people coming in and going out and coming in and everything. And one guy, he just, he was a lovely guy and he yeah. really wanted to be an actor. Yeah. And that's when it's the hardest. Yeah. When it's, it's the hope. Oh, it's the hope. The hope, yeah. <laughs> the hope But he was you. wearing these riding boots. He was, like, playing this guy. Oh, and he was God. wearing these riding boots. They were really, they were two sizes too big for him. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds a bit so, Dick Whittington. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever he came onto the stage, he'd come onto the stage and he'd kick the brakes off. <laughs> this thing that had And then this woman the had to come in and run. Oh, like, she was God. getting married and she had to come in and, like, run on the thing. Oh, and every like night I would stand there going, she's going to go off yeah, the edge, right? Because then I'd have to run after, that yeah. That lack of control, whereas when yeah. you do comedy, you're like yeah. everything, it, when I do a show every day here, I know what's going to happen yeah. because it's only me doing That's it That's why all. I'm a solo artist. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can I imagine being in a band you have to yeah, deal with everyone other. Is he in time? Is he yeah. showing up? Is he <laughs> showing up? That's right. <laughs> well, That's why they all fight towards the end of their career. They hate each other, right? totally. Because there was a girl in this place. She was playing the love interest, the sort of sex in command love interest and she was awful like yeah. she wasn't quite bad she was like really awful well, that's and it everybody well. in the cast knew that she was awful and so there was a point where when she was acting she was doing her big dramatic scene everybody wanted to go we know right <laughs> <laughs> we know 
but there was nothing that we could do about it. It's just it was hard yeah. time, right? And that's it as well. Is actors tend to have very like big egos, don't they? So it's a lot to be around. Whereas I quite like the. I do quite like the loneliness of, of stand-up. I say loneliness, the independence of, of, of stand-up. I like it. And when I did acting, I would often get cast in the funny roles. And that's what I liked as well, was the immediate yeah. feedback. If you're the funny role, you can tell if you're doing a good job because you can yeah, hear the audience yeah. laughing. Yeah. Whereas if you're blooming Lady Macbeth, you don't know if you've done a good job until the end when people either yes, clap or up, don't yeah. clap. Yeah. So I didn't like that. So I knew that I liked comedy. I knew I was quite good at doing funny performances. But it wasn't until I left drama school that I thought I'll give acting give, a go. Give it a uh, go. Give comedy, comedy a go. Again. Would you go fun. back to acting at all? Would you do that if you had you know, the right roles? Yeah, I think so. I think if it's like a, an interesting role, if it's fun, if it's funny yeah. or it's like interesting. We were chatting backstage, like my, my last and, and really only like proper acting role that I did since coming out of, of drama school was playing Susie Sue in this reenaction of... Uh, you, do you know when the Sex Pistols did that interview with Bill Grundy, Bill Grundy? And they swore live on TV and got all of these complaints. Susie Sue, before she was sort of well-known as being Susie Sue, was stood behind them as part sort of the... The, the entourage, and um, this was about five years ago, I got to play Susie Sue and they, they had me in this uh, like bright peroxide blonde short mm. wig. You it look fabulous, wicked. you look brilliant. Yeah, it was wicked. <laughs> so I'd, I'd, if, the, if a role like that comes yeah. along where you get to play sort of an iconic character or, or anything funny, then yes, but I think comedy is where my I heart think you is. Found, you found your niche, haven't I love you? it, yeah. I love it so much. You can tell you love it. Yeah, yeah. I do, I really do. So we've come to this bit of the, this is where I'm supposed to do magic, but don't worry, I'm not <laughs> going to pull a rabbit out my oh ass or anything. I wish I could. <laughs> oh, really? Actually, that was oh. yesterday. That was that yesterday's magic. reason they're here. I thought she was walking yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was a hair. <laughs> oh. Oh. It was the, oh. <laughs> oh. 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 Sorry. Neil's job. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was supposed to, to count to three before I say things like that. Yeah. Thanks, Sorry, mate. I no, honestly, you made me feel better. Honestly, <laughs> thank <laughs> you. Yesterday we said to Neil, right? We were going, Neil, see if you think that something's a joke, <laughs> can you count to three before you Five. say it? No, I went to six in the end because he went, well, uh, that's not going to work. I've got ADD. <laughs> nothing to me. Ticking time bomb. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so I do this. One of the things that happened with me, like I moved through... Um, like I, you know, did theatre, stand yeah. up, and now I work in story. And there, there's a thing that I, I think, I think you're going to be a really. Don't look frightened. Yes, yeah, oh, okay. You look frightened. <laughs> my permanent face. No, you look frightened. <laughs> Resting panic I, I face. You yeah. Like I was going to touch your jags again. There. <laughs> I, you I get told this a lot. I get told that I always look concerned. Yeah. I always look like I'm worried that something's going to happen. I think. I think I'm just anxious all the time again, but I'm 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 not. But we are on stage, so yeah. you're supposed to be anxious. Now. Right. So the the thing with story is that you can hear uh, you can hear what people are when you when you ask them a different question. Often, when you ask somebody to tell them tell you a story about themselves, right? They'll tell you sort of what they think you want to know. Okay. Right? Yeah. But there's a way that you can sort of do... How would you describe it, boys? That you would find out the story that's going on inside your head that you can hear and nobody else can. Okay. Just go with it. Okay. She's getting things out of her little You've bag. Got that's, what's, that's what's, what's worrying me. me. It's yeah. meant to be like a sort of pencil case stationary okay. thing. Okay. But it's actually a makeup bag yeah. because uh, all the stationary things were up a hill. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just not going no, up a hill. Fuck that. I've no. like done hills. No. Edinburgh could kind of... So you got a toiletry yeah. bag instead. <laughs> I did. But it's purple. Right? So it could technically like it. be anything, right? So I'm going to ask you uh, to tell me a story about something, okay. right? And then I'm going to make little notes okay. and the thing. Don't be worried. There'll no, be no, no injection <laughs> happening. And then uh, I'll tell you what I hear. Are you up for it? Yeah, yeah, let's right. do it. Okay. I, two minutes. Let's do two minutes uh, with my little oven timer. Okay. Right? Technology. Okay. Makeup bag, oven timer. She's the daughter. IT specialist She's good to go. Yeah. three of us. Yeah, right? <laughs> All I need now is a caravan. I feel, yeah. I feel like I should just have a caravan yeah. and I'd be totally equipped. Right, you are going to tell me about diamonds. Diamonds? Diamonds. Ready? Go. Diamonds. Okay. 
diamonds are a very expensive stone. I've got diamonds in this ring. I got engaged just before Christmas, um, or at least he tells me they're diamonds. I actually wouldn't know. It might be like them ones that you win on the slot machines at the pier. <laughs> I honestly wouldn't know. I'm not into like my jewellery, so he might have absolutely... It could have come out of a Christmas cracker. Um, but uh, diamonds... Uh, they're a very, very lucrative market. There's that film, Uncut Gems. That's a stressful film. Have you seen that? Yeah. yeah. Very, very stressful. Um, yeah. That, watching that film is like being on stage. I'm just sort of highly <laughs> strung with the entirety of it's it. It's hard to get through. Uh, then there's a film called Blood Diamond with Leonardo DiCaprio where he's got what might be the worst South African accent I've ever heard <laughs> yes. in my life. Um, borderline... <laughs> Maybe upon reflection, inappropriate, isn't it? Uh, but uh, that's a film about diamonds. Kanye West did a song called Diamonds from Sierra Leone. There's the one, Diamonds are a Girl's Best Friend. <laughs> this isn't a story, I'm just telling you everything <laughs> about diamonds. He wanted a story. Um, one night, Kanye West went for dinner with <laughs> my fiance at the end of the pier in Brighton, where we live, and they both did very bad South African accents <laughs> whilst they discussed at length the film Uncut Gems. <laughs> they then went on the slot machine, <laughs> and Kanye West won a ring. And gave it to my boyfriend, said, give this to Maze, she won't know the difference. <laughs> still going. Oh, we're still going. Yeah, we're keep going. still going. Yeah. Then Kanye West glanced at his watch and went, <laughs> we've got eight seconds to film, Mike. Should we jump off the pier, go for a swim? And they swam to the bottom of the ocean and found another diamond. Well Yay! done. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's a great premise for a film, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, right? What a script. That's why I did Pitch. acting, not playwright. Uh, <laughs> I would like to see the essay of that. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. now you understand why Mrs Bray took me aside going, don't do writing, it's shit. I thought it all came together in the end, oh, it did, right? Yeah. There was a limited amount of characters <laughs> and all that stuff. Uh, you gave me two minutes and I think I gave you one minute 30 seconds of facts <laughs> and then 30 and then seconds of what story. sounded like a fever dream. <laughs> Um, it actually really works for you, though, because what, hap what diamonds is, or what people... Uh, if you ask people about diamonds, they will usually tell you about what they value. Right? Yeah. So, like, some people will, if you talk about diamonds, they'll go uh, that they really want one, or that uh, they'd love to be in a position where they could have millions of diamonds. People who are very into, like, family and heritage will yeah. talk about diamonds that yeah. come from other places. But yours, actually, is all just the truth. <laughs> I only really the diamonds are this. That's a fact. Yeah, and I like this, and that's a fact. And I've this got is a no fact. strong feelings about diamonds. I'll be honest. Like, no, but it's not about diamonds. It's about value. Oh, okay. And what you value, okay, is the truth. It's facts. There I'll we just, are. There you tell me what the to thing. My own self betrayal. There you there go. You exactly. Right? Yeah. All right. Go. Even in that thing of as well, like you value your fiance. Right? Yes. But oh, because also what you said there, it, and that is sort of factual too, which is that he could have given me something out of a slot machine. I don't care. Yeah. Right. It's not yeah. about. Financial um, value. It's not about yeah. that he has to buy me this thing that's like you could be about tradition, which you're not. Oh no. Right? If he'd have bought if I don't I hope this didn't cost a load of money because I want I'd rather it go on like a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. If we end up yeah. not going Experience. on holiday for the next five years because of this. Would <laughs> <laughs> you get the receipt? <laughs> well at least you won't get married. There'll be so much resentment, yeah, won't there? It's honestly, not gonna happen, is yeah, it? Yeah, be off to a great start. Yeah. Good night this. <laughs> How does he... Feel? Does he work in comedy too? No. God, no. You're mad. No. No. No, uh, no. I need to be the centre of attention at all times. <laughs> no, he's, um, he's completely out of it, which yeah. is really lovely, because it means that... Um, like, especially sometimes when everything feels a bit... Mad, especially here, it's such a bubble, and you're walking around, you see all the posters uh, with, with everybody's star ratings on, and you saw, it's very easy Must to start comparing shows, yourself yeah. to other people. And um, I'll like I'll ring him and I'll be like, oh, so and so's got this, or so and so's da 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 da, -da. and he's like, and <laughs> I don't know yeah. who that person is. Okay, nobody outside of Edinburgh gives a rat's ass about yeah. what's yeah. happening there. Don't worry about. It. And it's nice to have that grounded. No, he um he, he runs a cocktail bar down oh. in Brighton. Ooh, that's so I had a great too. lockdown. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Honestly, he just kept inventing new cocktails and being like, can you try this and tell me if it works? And I'd be like, yeah, works. <laughs> Did he ask you to give, the, uh, give them names? Oh, yeah, yeah. So he, he'd have me come up the with like, pun course, names. Yeah, <laughs> I love chocolate orange, right? It's my favourite <clears throat> flavour ever. Terry's. Yeah, I love it. And he's done this uh, cocktail called a Chockwork Orange and it's incredible. Oh. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's good. <laughs> yeah, You've had it? Nice. You've had a Chockwork nice. Orange? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, come down to Shuffle in Brighton, we'll sort you out. That's all we got in our mugs, that's all. Yeah, it's all Honestly, it's great, it's really, really nice. Um, I don't know what's in it, chocolate, orange, and a lot of alcohol, yeah. Your life has changed just in an extraordinary fashion over the past five years, right? Even yeah. just from the thing of that you did the final of So You Think You're yeah. Funny and now you're being forced to do, well, not forced to yeah. do, you, nobody's putting you up no, a chimney no. or anything. No, I know what like, you mean, though. But now you're doing your own your show in there because yours is sold out. Do you think that um, uh, your fiancé, your partner, whatever, has helped you deal I with think it, so, navigate it? I, I met I met my fiancé, Mike, when when I was doing So You Think You're Funny. It was, yeah. it was around that time that we started getting together. So, like, I... I I didn't know that this was going to happen. Yeah. I didn't know that I was going to sort of get to do things like go on the telly and do comedy. So it's sort of been mm. nice that he's been yeah. there throughout um, because it is an odd thing to sort of suddenly happen and, and, and try and sort of... Like, it's very, very cliched, but when when I got the call saying I was in the final, it would have been around this point in August that they, they ring you. And it sounds very, very cliche, but because I would, I'd only been doing stand-up six months and I'd come back from drama school, I was living at home at Yorkshire and I was doing temp jobs because I wasn't doing any acting work and I was just doing whatever jobs were available. And um, a bloke in my village, he ran like these mobile bars and burger vans at things. So I was literally working in a burger van when I got the call <laughs> to say I was in the grand final. So that's the last job I had yeah. was doing burger vans. We'd go to like agricultural shows and serve beer to pissed farmers. Um, <laughs> yeah, it would like, so, and that's the, that's the job I was doing when like, we started going out. And um, so it's, it's been lovely. I think it would have been maybe a bit more difficult if you're sort of uh, doing, doing these, uh, in this very lucky position that I'm in now of selling out shows and then trying to sort of... Trying to meet someone meet, at that yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so, I think so. Um, so it's kind of nice to have had somebody to go through all that with, yeah. who's completely out of it and doesn't really care. <laughs> it, well, it, it's really like well, it supportive, you, supportive, yeah. but yeah. like doesn't yeah doesn't doesn't really mean so much. No, yeah. no. So it's 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 really nice. And also, I think does he think you're funny? Yes, crucially. And oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah. And his sense of humour is like really bad dad jokes. Like, Perfect. it's so, so bad. Sounds like, eye-rolling. Do you know what I mean? Seizure-inducing. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he says jokes and I wish I was... Yeah, I was going to say, how are you dealing with that? Yeah. Um, but uh, it's, it's very... It's, it, it, is, it is really, really nice to, to, to sort of... Yeah, to, to have that. And um, I think as well, like, doing comedy your job is to reflect real life, right? If I was doing jokes about comedy, about the comedy industry, if all I ever hung out with was other comedians, I wouldn't get a good perception of life. Yeah. And my mm. job is to do, like, observations and relatable stuff to make those audiences go, you do <laughs> you that, do that yeah. you do that. Well, if I'm just talking about green rooms and behind the scenes of, yeah. you know, telly stuff, it, it's... Boring. So and do, it's, do, you, do you do jokes about him and how does he feel about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, does yeah. He, do do like jokes it, about him. Well, you, I do. I do the whole yeah. sort of Lynn scene. I do the whole story of how he proposed because he went really weird. Uh, <laughs> so nervous. I, I didn't. I wasn't expecting it. But I say in the show now. I look back on it. It was really obvious because he went so weird uh, in the run up to it. And there's loads to. I talk. You know, my family are a great inspiration yeah. for for jokes. Friends, just that's why I think it's great to, to still have. All, I'm still mates with all my mates from school. Um, I don't really hang out with comedians. Like yeah. they're, they're surprisingly quite dull as well. Yeah, in right? real life, because they wanted either. Well, I guess yeah, or they're of, always on, and that's yeah. quite 
taxing in mm. conversation. So I being think. at the fringe must be kind of taxing for you. Oh cause, yeah, because everyone's a comedian. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, Chesnit, last night I just I just went home and watched Shrek. It was great. <laughs> I did. So yeah. I saw you the yeah. other night, right? At the at Katie Corin, so Karen Corin's daughter. Again, yeah. full circle. Like you and I are really good mates. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she had her hen night. Yeah. Which you were yeah. like. Organised. I'm not even going to talk I'm about what happened today. I'm a little bit nervous. But I wondered then, and there you were. We've seen the pictures, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I heard there was yeah. uh, blow-up dolls. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, you talked about your grandpa, uh, yeah. and we kind of briefly talked about him, who was evidently like a big influence yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. How have your family reacted to your life changing so much? Yeah, they're just they're just dead proud and really supportive and 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 also crucially really funny. Like they yeah. still provide so much <laughs> of my material. material. <laughs> and they'll, they'll always like do stuff and they'll go, "Don't you be putting this in your show?" And I go, "I won't." And then and they then come see the show. And <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but it's true. They're really great, normal people, and they're really lovely and supportive. And I feel very lucky to have them. Um, and it's 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 been really wonderful having them, again, sort of similar to Mike, really. it's, it's wonderful having those people as a constant throughout. Because yeah. I think it would be a, a lot more difficult if you didn't have supportive parents or you didn't have uh, um, people who, who, who provide so much material, <laughs> whether or not they know it. Um, Are they still in uh, the same place you grew up? You grew up in Yorkshire, yeah, right? Yeah, in a very, very small village. Like Leeds was my nearest city, but we grew up in a... Uh, I'm, I'm from a very, very small village that was... I think the average age would have been like 92. <laughs> Honestly, it was it, it, it's so very, near, very... Near Leeds? Yeah. So you're a Leeds fan? Oh, I'm oh, massive she's a on huge my football. Leeds fan, aren't massive you? on my football. Uh, I adore, yeah, adore football. We can't get into football because these two don't no, get it. They don't oh, get it. I'm West Ham all the way. Are you so. West Ham? Yeah, 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 sorry about that. No, Come on, no, we'll leave them to yeah. it. Yeah. The level of my understanding of football is what colour shirts do they wear? Oh, my she God. didn't even, she had to ask me about Liverpool. She's no. like, what colour are they? What colour are they? I went to um, I went to Wembley for the final of the Euros. Yeah. And um, oh, heartbreaking. You know day. what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, on a show, I'm sort of anxious for an hour. <laughs> that game went to 120 minutes. Right, it was harsh. And I, I was literally when they blew that final whistle, I <sighs> thought because with sort of 60 seconds to go, you think we're going to win, we're going to win. Yeah. And I was getting ready to cheer, and when they blew the whistle. I, I really wasn't expecting it. I burst into tears. <laughs> I think and I, I did too. I just remember having to put my hands like this because I was just crying. And there was this woman with her little kid there and the kid was absolutely fine. And she was looking at me being like, you're 28, girl. I was like, oh, it just means so much for the sport. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. Like as a, as a football fan, especially as a young girl growing up and, and, oh, incredible. and seeing how the sports moved on, that was an amazing I actually thing cried. Watching that game. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. It was just so yeah, but people like, would expect you to cry, Chasen. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've got I'm feelings. A are, you a prof- are you a proper crier? I, I do, I do, yeah. I do shed a few. Because we've got yeah. no idea what they're talking no. about. Absolutely. We haven't got Danny what they're talking about. The, the, the England the girls won, won the Euro. Oh, right, okay. What did you think we were talking about? We didn't think. We just turn off. You go off and. I, a, I was just wondering what shirts they wear, and he was still stuck in the stairwell. That's where we were at. <laughs> Anything was more interesting in our heads than that. Really? Yeah. I just never no. got it. I think the thing Let for me... Let me take you to a game, I reckon I can. <laughs> you know what it is? It's yeah, like where agreed. I grew up in uh, Cumbernauld, right? Oh. What's it called, Cumbernauld? Um, at that time, in the 70s, there was this thing with the old firm games, the yeah. Celtic and Rangers. Yeah. And she does we know a few things. Were, mm-hmm. We lived in a, a little, sort of, I would say cul-de-sac, but it was kind of just a housing area in the middle of some fields. Right. And everybody there was Catholic and we were Protestant. Oh. And at that time, um, the Orange Walk would walk by. Yeah, and yeah. I, like, as a young child, I'd go, oh, they just lo- they're playing lovely music, not understanding at all what any of it meant. Yeah. And actually, so in, in my family, there was, there's four kids. Yeah. And my parents were like, there's no football in this house. Right, yeah, Because yeah. they didn't want the Catholic or the Protestant thing. They were like, people are people. Yeah. And if football encourages that, they were right. that, that, that is the thing. Like, I've, I've had this conversation a lot with, with friends because I'm, I'm so passionate about getting more people into football and I can completely understand why a lot of my friends aren't into it for reasons yeah. like that or the like all of the horrible sides, particularly in the men's game of, of, of the stuff that sort of presents itself with like racism, homophobia, mm. all of that. 
Um, and it's the one thing that I really noticed with going to the women's games this year. Um, so I live in Brighton and two of the uh, games before the final were at the Amex Stadium in, the, in, in Brighton and we went to them. And the football, I don't want to come across like I'm going, it's such a nicer game because the football is just as sort of tenacious as the men's yeah. game. But the atmosphere at the games itself was so much better. It was all of the fun and joy and excitement of a football game and none of the shit. Yeah. Yeah. There was none of that underlying, especially as a Leeds fan. I love Leeds, but going to Ellen Road, if you're playing Manchester or something like that, that underlying sense of something could kick off any yeah. minute, yeah. I think does bring a lot of anxiety to a lot of yeah. people that could otherwise really enjoy the sport. And that was what was so lovely about the women's Euros, is there was all the joy, all of the festivity, all of the excitement, and none of that underlying trouble brewing Was feeling. it more family? Like, it was, it was. It, uh, but, kind of like but, going to the baseball also, game or something. I think so. <laughs> it, what was really lovely is there were families and there were young girls, but also it wasn't just that. There were, we, uh, like, yeah, we blokes, would see yeah, yeah. absolute geezers going round yeah. in the women's kit. And it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's it should amazing. be for everybody. The same way I enjoy the men's game, I'd hope that, that, that blokes and people were taking their their little lads to their first ever football yeah. game. It wasn't just women or yeah. young girls or family friendly. As I say, the game is still very much just as, as tenacious and as, as um, spicy and as good, good level football as, as the blokes. You just don't have any of the idiots sticking a flare up their arse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like entertainment. Which happens. I say idiots, yeah. Lynn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here. Right. Um, Here. Yeah. Who took you to your first game? My grandpa. Massive Leeds fan. Yeah. And, um, Is it all running the family? But yeah, your grand, yeah. grandpa was your um, first. And we'd go. Uh, I mean, he was a season ticket holder, and he'd take me. But we all went as a family every Boxing Day to uh, to the football. My first ever football game that I went to was uh, Bradford Park Avenue. So it was quite lower league, and I remember it must have been early noughties. So I was about six or seven years old and somebody took a shot and the keeper it hit him here and he swallowed his tongue oh, right and he fell to the floor and he, he survived he was okay and everything but he fell to the floor and everybody in the stand was shouting get up get up <laughs> exactly. and um, it soon uh. became clear that it, this guy was not okay and it, and it was at that time where like not everybody had a mobile phone. But mm -hmm. my cousin, Ella, who was seven years older than me, she had her first mobile phone. She was the one that rang the ambulance and everything. Oh, wow. And everyone was going, get up, get up. And then this woman behind us went, shut up, that's my husband. And, <laughs> and I was like, this is the most dramatic thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you were sold. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. So the match got cancelled. So um, that was my first, your first experience. one. Yeah. Mad. Goalie swallowed his tongue. <laughs> uh, that doesn't happen every time. And had to ring the ambulance. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I get like one of my favourite memories of my granddad. He, um, we went at a Leeds game. He went and got a pie, and uh, it, it's the most Yorkshire thing I've ever seen anybody do. <laughs> he sort of had a, had maybe a third of it, and it was a bit big for it. You know, he's sort of a bit older and didn't have the appetite he once had. And so he sort of stood up on the benches, turned round to the rest of the stands and went, does anyone want the rest of this pie? <laughs> <laughs> and this pie was like, yeah, I'll have it. And this pie got passed. <laughs> passed oh, by the most northern thing I've ever seen, just everyone passing a steak pie. Uh, I actually, we've sat next to a guy um, uh, down by the, the <laughs> by Gilded Balloon um, yesterday, and we, just, we kind of took over his table and he had this plate of chips and we got and Lynn was lovely said oh, this, what was his name Graham wasn't it David David sorry David. David so every time we were all new people came in oh this is David we very <laughs> included him and then uh, I was like hungry and he said do you want some of my chips oh it's <laughs> and he just gave me chips see I do because there's two people in today over there look yes and we met them yesterday just outside a sandwich shop huddled outside people together yeah it does I think the thing that's lovely about it is that that part of Edinburgh yeah is Magical, yeah. like the posters mm. and the stars, and yeah. the look at me but, and my egos no, is not. The, the but the 
the sort of camaraderie yeah. and, and people yeah, coming together. Definitely. Yeah, I still don't know if I would accept a half-eaten pie at a no. no, maybe not. Chips, no. maybe. Yeah, chips, chips yeah. but a half-eaten pie from a, <laughs> from a 92-year-old man, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, we've come to... I'm surprised you're not there already. I know, I, yeah, you're doing the conversation so much. I we've know, gone, like, well, way we over what... Football, yeah. Yeah. I know, exactly. I told you what would happen, yeah. didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. We'll make a note of that. The shoes, the shoes. Yeah, yeah. So um, we asked you for um, what your favourite song or a song that means something yes. to you, and you gave us a, li a big list actually. I did. Sorry, yeah. I gave no, you quite a list. That's all right. Wow. It's a, I quite like that to okay, be honest good. with you because it means that I can choose one that means a little bit to me. Good. So good. I, I chose Watermelon High, the uh, oh, yes. Harry Styles Watermelon song. Sugar. Yes, sugar, please. Sorry, Watermelon yes. Sugar. No, no, that's fine. My dad, um, I love Harry Styles, right? And uh, Watermelon Sugar is one of my favourite. And my dad every time will sing it, going. Honeydew melon sky. No. <laughs> no, none of those were correct. <laughs> Watermelon sugar, honeydew melon. <laughs> honeydew melon honeydew sky. Honeydew melon sky. That's a whole new yes. song. <laughs> yes, honeydew melon sky is the one he sings every time. Um, yeah, I uh, I really like Harry Styles. I was sort of a, a One Direction were a bit of a guilty pleasure. You were probably target demographic yes, though, weren't totally, you? Your age, totally, totally. Yeah. Hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Um, but I genuinely think that, like, I think it must be really hard to come out of a, a band like that and, and, and go solo and it be good. But I really yeah. think he's such an incredible performer. I think he makes really, really good music and it's very much a, depart a, a departing from that sort of very boy band generic, yeah, manufactured pop sound. Um, I, I really, really like it. I like it. his style as I well. I really like his no, style. He wears he dresses. He wears very cool stuff and yeah. I think he's, his performance. So me and my friends, we'd book tickets to see him um, about a month ago at Wembley and at the last minute I got booked for this telly job that I couldn't really turn down and I was really really annoyed that I, I didn't get to go and I seen all of my friends on Instagram they got right near the stage and I put in the whatsapp group I went how was it and my friend Mills just replied one sentence going his jawline was incredible <laughs> <laughs> Mills um, so that was a review so I thought in lieu of missing uh, uh, of, of, of the Harry Styles concert I thought well maybe maybe Chesney Hawks can make doing up for it. Well, watermelon sugar. That's that's the next best thing, uh, surely. Right? There you go. Yeah, come on. Honey to melon. I'm very excited. Yeah, if you want to go, honey to melon. I love this. Tears like strawberries on a summer evening And it sounds just like a song I want more berries and that summer feeling It's so wonderful Breathe me in, breathe me out I don't Sugar high, watermelon 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 sugar high, 
Just like strawberries on a summer evening And so wonderful in that concert. Thank you so much. Oh, that was incredible. How was the jawline? Oh. <laughs> Wait till Mills hears about it. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be texted. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I love about that, actually? Like, you know, I know that Chesney's magic and everything. I'm like, yes, he's going to do a magic job. But I really loved how excited you were. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little I, bit there. <laughs> no, like, you were singing and, and Maisie turned to me and she was like... <laughs> Yeah. Whoa. Thank God you know, for that. That was really good. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I, I wonder that. with your show, actually, because your show is about things that are brilliant. Like, yeah. that, um, that, that, that that is what's made it so popular. Like, I just wanted to do a show that was really positive and uplifting. I think after the last, like, 18 months, and I say this in the show, like, I think we're quite sick of talking about all of that and I think we want to talk about things that are well I do anyway that are exciting that's why I call it buzzed it's about all of the things that make me happy that mm. I'm buzzing about that I can look forward to rather than sort of dwelling in the yeah. absolute shit show that's been the last 18 months <laughs> so I think it's a, a, a the feedback has been lovely because it, it's been the, it's it's a very positive and uplifting show and I want people to come out of it feeling happy and feeling like they're looking forward yeah, to, 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 to what's coming. Yeah, I think, I think that it's all very... I do like those shows that tend to be very popular here at Edinburgh where there's a point to them and there's yeah. a very sort of like earnest meaning behind them. And I do mm. like them because they make you think. But also, I think, especially after the last 18 months, an hour of better. just having a laugh is... Yeah. is, 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 is well, medicine, really, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. it has been all dark and dismal for, yeah. for so long and everyone's so depressed about it. That's it. And it comes back to, well, what would I want to watch again? You know, yeah. I would want to watch something that just makes me feel happy for a, a, an hour, you know, just, just laughing. I think that'd be really nice. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like what I felt watching you then, that's what I would want in comedy oh. for an hour. Oh. Like, just, yeah. just yeah. feeling really, really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I loved watching you watching them. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like, whoa, yes! <laughs> like... And actually, mm. you enjoyed it more I, as well. I, I did. No, I kept looking over at her and like, no, just, there, there's my. The, when you're doing performances on, for me, on performances, I don't know yeah. what's like with comedy, but for, I always look for the one person that's like having the best time. Really loving and, it. And uh, yeah. I just kind of like, you know, clock on to him. So you yeah. were that for me. Right oh, there. I'm glad. I'm I glad. think in comedy, you do the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you look for the person who's like, I Miserable. hate you. The person that's coming <laughs> sat <laughs> like that. Really? Yeah, right? Folded arms yeah. at a comedy gig, yeah. honestly. It takes uh, everything in me not to go yeah you know. or, or even worse <laughs> like, loosen up even worse like checking their phone oh my god yeah yeah, yeah. stand up comedian we have this cancel culture going on at the moment and you know some people how do you deal with where the line is do I cross it I mean I've watched you do some like there was a roast that you yes, did. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. was pretty yeah. close to the so mark. So I think it's a really it? interesting conversation that, that comes up a lot at the moment around comedy. My personal opinion is that cancel culture doesn't really exist. I think it's things that, I think it's a conversation that is created to really just divide people more and more. I think you get, I think the only people that say they've been cancelled 
we're saying something that actually people have maybe turned around and gone, that's not, it's not really where we're at anymore in the world. Um, I, think if, I think if the line that you use to justify things is, well, it's freedom of speech, it's probably not something that was particularly yeah, nice you. anyway. If that's what you're using as your... No, it's a bit like when people go, no offence, but, and you know that whatever <laughs> they're going to say is about to yeah. be horrifically offensive. But you don't have any control over whether they're going to be offended or not. Yeah, yeah, I think... Um, it's a tricky one. I, I personally struggle to think of anybody who has been properly cancelled. When people talk about, say, like, there was a conversation around Dave Chappelle being cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you're cancelled yeah. if you've still got three specials on Netflix yeah. Yeah, and yeah. can sell out a show at the click mm. of a finger and you've still got that audience that are very... Like, Jimmy Carr, he got in trouble a, yeah. a, a couple of m- months ago for a joke he made about the uh, travelling community... And I think there's sort of two sides to it of like, well, if you go to a Jimmy Carr show called His Dark Material, yes. you know what's going, you're not going for sort of a yeah, teddy bear picnic, yeah. are you? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little bit of like, well, know what you're booking before yeah. you do that. And I think we've had that with this Jerry Sadowitz thing at the fringe here. It's like, well, don't book Jerry Sadowitz and then be surprised when... When he's offensive. When, when he says something incredibly offensive. Yeah. But also, I don't think cancelling is actually a, a very prominent problem, if at all. Yeah. I, I think very few people have been cancelled. Mm. And I Just mean, the even press like at, to talk about yeah, it, Yeah, even right? look at people like, like comedians like Louis C.K. Yeah, like, he's back He too, was doing yeah. really horrific things, supposedly cancelled. When we say cancelled, his movie got pulled. If that's the worst thing that happens <laughs> yeah. to yeah, you, that's your it, movie it? gets pulled, but you're still selling out shows, he's still... He just like, went away, was quiet for a little audience. bit, and yeah. then came back. I don't think anybody's been cancelled... I think I think I could maybe name five people like Kevin Spacey, yeah. but that's not comedy. Like I don't I don't know many comedians. I think we need canceled. to put it in all jobs, so yeah. that when a window cleaner comes around and you say he doesn't do the windows properly, he can go. This is cancel culture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Or because if the bus is like, late, you can yeah. go. I yeah. have a right to drive and freedom. Yeah, right? I think we've lost the um, understanding or the we, we're trying to sort of polarise what is being cancelled and what is being called out as just, like, problematic. I mm. And I think you need to be able to have people tell you that when something is problematic and is no longer reflective of the sort of society that we're living in. And if you're saying things that, are, you know, are incredibly offensive to people where it's not in that contextualised thing of, like, a show called His Dark Material. Yeah. I just think there's, there's no black and white. Everything's got to have context. Mm. We've got to look at everything within... I always, I, I always skirt that sort of question. Yeah. In like, like I was asked to do an interview yesterday on, like, breakfast, and it was like, we've, I was on for seven minutes. And they were like, can we ask you about cancel culture? I was like, no, because that requires a, a, yeah. a proper yeah. contextualised chat yeah. where we look at things case by case, we discuss different people, and frankly, I'm on for seven minutes and I'd like to plug my tour. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Not Jerry Bloody Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> tour, by the way, yeah. is doing really well yeah. on the fact he's so been the happiest ever honestly, that he was cancelled. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's... Um, it, it's a Canceled sort of funny thing. And also, yeah, like, I, I don't do that sort of comedy, so you, you're asking yeah. the wrong person. Yeah. 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 Totally I'm, I'm not sort of a, an edgelord. And again, that roast battle thing. So I did a show called Roast Battle. But again, that is where it's me and another comedian who know each other. It's me and Adam Rowe. Yeah. And you, behind the scenes, sit down and you have a conversation where you go, don't mention this. Yeah. Don't mention that. Mm. That's touchy for me. You can do that. So I said to Adam, you can absolutely go in hard on the epilepsy stuff because I'm okay with it. But if somebody who I didn't know started roasting me for my seizures, they're a dick. Like, yeah. But yeah. because it's Adam and yeah. we've gone over it and I've said, yeah, go for it, and he's a friend and it's in a show called Roast Battle... It's different, yeah. but I can see that they could take a clip of Adam or they could take a clip of Adam's show, uh, of, of Adam's joke, uh, and just write it down. If you read yeah, that in the paper, just written down, yeah. and he's making a joke about me having a seizure, he'll look really bad. Yeah. But if you watch it within the context of the programme, I mean, you know... It's he, funny. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's doing jokes about me being epileptic. I'm doing jokes about him being fat and having a lazy eye. Like, <laughs> <laughs> written down, yeah. neither of us come off great. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is a thing just now where uh, 
like I have a, a discussion with a friend of mine called Ken where I said we don't do news anymore. Yeah. There isn't any news. It's just stuff to be either angry Outraged or afraid about. Yeah. about. It's like yeah. there's something really bad's happened yeah. or something really bad might happen. Yeah. Tune in later because otherwise you won't know about the really bad thing yes. that might be happening. Yes. Yes. Meanwhile, all the really bad things that are happening <laughs> are underneath. Yeah. Uh, that's what always felt so odd about doing Mock the Week is um, we'd get the stories through and the first three stories would be like, when you actually look, I mean, you're trying to write comedically about it, but it'd be like, Putin's got his fingers on the nukes. <laughs> Make some jokes about that. And then the next thing, it'd be like, Trump and, and all of his followers have stormed the Capitol building. And we do some jokes about that. And then like the third item would be like, oh, there's a hamster with three eyes. <laughs> and, <you> just, <laughs> and it's like, each bit all gets 15 minutes of the show. And you're like, oh God, what a weird time to be doing comedy about. It's good. Yeah, a hamster with three eyes and the world's about to implode. Lazy Adam, yeah. we could talk to you. Yeah, yeah we're okay. running already. Like, yeah. It's like lovely, in it, but we've already overrun. So, <gasps> oh I know, God. but it's because we've been listening to you and actually you're like Wanging a little tonic. You never bloody stop. I never yeah, bloody stop. No, I but you come and you bring yeah. your happiness and your practicality <laughs> and, your and everybody to thine own self be true. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I feel a bit better. Having, oh, you're God. like a little emotional bath. That's what oh, I that's yeah. nice. Oh, yeah. that. Bubble yeah. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> I feel like, Thank that, you, see, man. I don't really know me that. Can I get that for the show post? Yeah. <laughs> an emotional bath. An emotional bath. See, bubble bath. But yes, you know, yes bubble that's bath. true. Yes. But you know yeah. as well, what's funny is, because you've just done another thing, which is our listener at the other end will go, they really did have an audience. They really did have an audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just made up. Um, we have to finish, but before we do, I want to ask you just one question, which yeah. is, uh, knowing what you know now, what would you say to your younger self? Oh, Lynn, you can't And you don't that. even have seven minutes. You have no, exactly. Yeah. You don't even have that. You have minus two minutes. Say the question again. Say knowing question what again. you know now, what would you say to your younger self? Um, don't sweat the small stuff. Don't go after guys with frosted tips. <laughs> with what, sorry? With what? The bad news. Frosted what? Frosted oh, tips. Right, sorry, Get your yeah. mind out the gutter. <laughs> okay. Dirty uh, And it'll all work out. Okay. Uh, Maisie <laughs> Adam, you are amazing. Maisie Adam. Thank you. So, ladies and gentlemen and teachers of the universe out there in podcast world, we have to finish. Uh, so until next time, I've been Ferguson. I've been Harrington. I've been Hawks. And, and she, she has been, been Adam. Thank you. You were fabulous. Well, You've been listening to Ferguson Harrington Hawks with Lynn Ferguson, Neil Harrington, and Chesney Hawks. Written and produced for Source Productions by, surprise, surprise, Lynn Ferguson, Neil Harrington, and Chesney Hawks. Thank you.